But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Back home, Minneapolis, Minnesota, after a week of travel, by half a week of travel, Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee got a chance to visit with our buddy Mark Loblier. And while at the Loblier residence, we were able to film and record a podcast with uh, one of the most eccentric men men on the planet that is for sure dude's got add like crazy <laughs> i love him the i do strongest opinion man i think i've ever met my he just life. talks a lot and oh, loudly oh, but yes. i love him i do oh, yes i love him and while we're down in nashville we visited armada nutrition which armada one of the the most reputable recognizable respected contract manufacturer in dietary supplements uh it was a good trip it was a good That's trip awesome. shortened trip we had to come a little bit early danny got sick lost like 10 pounds you guys you have no idea how terrible the stomach flu i had was oh my god like i've never had anything like that in my life and i'm still recovering <laughs> yeah uh and we're less than i mean at this point we are two weeks in a day to miami yep and you waited this morning like what a buck 26 uh buck 28 I was down to 125 right. after the flu, and I got a little weight back. But. So we had the flu. We puked a lot, and then we went to Restore IV, and we got a drip. Yeah, Is and I, do, I think it saved me to an extent, but I definitely am still dealing with a lot of the post-infection symptoms of my stomach. Like, no food is feeling really good in my stomach these days. It was so. my first drip ever. Yeah, me too. I, I enjoyed it. I like. I was telling you, I feel refreshed and rejuvenated. My legs are still fucking dead, but that's because I'm doing legs every other day, which I'm, <laughs> I'm done with that. Yep. I wish I could have reaped the benefits like you guys did because I know both both of you, both you and Mark, were feeling great after. And I, I, mean, I worked out the next day. You haven't. I mean, today was your first workout in a while. And what did you do? You did push. Yep. How'd it go? I didn't do my normal like four to six rep range that I was supposed to be in phase three, but I did like ten to twelve and lighter weight. But it felt good to move. And I think that really kind of rejuvenated my day here. So I'm feeling better. I guarantee that wasn't the most fun being sick in Nashville. <laughs> what was fun for me was formulating my own pre-workout. It was really cool. I feel like me being there, like I've heard a lot of the ingredients. I've read some of the stuff, but like just being there and hearing you guys all talk about the ingredients. Sam is a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. He but the problem awesome. is you have to dumb it down for people. Sam talks at a high level. It's like, he all right, does. Sam, keep talking, bro. I yeah. will put it in layman's terms. I love <laughs> Sam, though, because I he can talk He was great. Yeah, so that was really interesting for me. On my side, I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah, That's and it was cool. nice. Brent sent over, uh, basically, we took it that day. They forgot to put sucralose in it, so it tasted oh like gosh. asshole. We tried it beforehand, and we were like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This girl rocked it, and then we got the real version. <laughs> And it was horrible. Bad. Strawberry lemonade did not taste like strawberry lemonade. However, the sample packs you sent me do taste like strawberry lemonade. I have a couple left. Uh, a lot of people asking when the pre-workout is coming available. Guys, this was an exercise. I know um, people out there be like, we'll, we'll spend the money, Ryan. It's it, basically for a 30 serving. We'd be about $79.99. Now we could sell it direct to consumer for less. I'm not interested in getting into the dietary supplement world. God forbid do I want to dive into this. I'm already too far in bed with this space. I don't want to get in, <laughs> I don't want to take my panties off at the same time and have a baby with it. So 
If anything, if anything, we have discussed potentially launching a very minimum amount of the Fitness Informant pre-workout to support a charity of our choice. And the charity of our choice would be, um, I found a charity that I'm a very big fan of. It's similar to Make-A-Wish, but more of the money is actually going to help the families of those terminally ill children take a vacation oh. and spend time together. Um, and and to be a kid again, I believe is the name of the organization. So we're, we're in the preliminary talks of potentially doing 500 units and 100% of the proceeds. I don't need a dime from this shit would go to this charity because everybody involved, myself, Brent, Mark, Danny, Mm-hmm. We all have kids, and, and thankfully, knock on wood, ours do not have issues. Knock on wood, please. But there are plenty <laughs> that do, and I can't imagine having uh, a terminally ill child or a child with an ailment. Just thinking about it. Ugh. So if there's something we can do to help. I, I, like I was telling a buddy that reached out, and you know, brands are now asking if they can donate ingredients, and I appreciate it, and we may do something like that. At the end of the day, I'm in position. I built a platform over the last five, six years. I built a presence, a name for myself that I'm able to give back and help those who need it more than me. I look around, Danny. Like the other day, I looked around this house and I, you know, we just bought like a mattress for our RV and like a new cookware. Like we are blessed. We are very I, blessed. I, I, it's just, we have everything we need. We don't need anything else. We're, we're pretty modest. I'm a very frugal person. So to spend money today on some of the stuff that I did was not in my character. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like we don't need much else in this life no we're comfortable we're happy we have a family like we don't need anything else. so if there's things that we can do you know with our platform like we're we're we have this gym space and we're doing iron union fitness and we're already taking clients like yeah it's money that we're going to put into basically our girls 529 so they can yep. go to college we don't need them i mean and this is not trying to be like i mean we don't need any more money we don't need any less money but like i'm just saying like we're not doing it for the money we're doing it to help people this is we have the space this platform our time that we can give and i've been giving my time for free for the longest time and i'm still giving a lot of time for free but at the end of the day people Mm -hmm. don't value things they get for free if they want to make a change in their life they have to put a value on it they have to put a price on it they have to invest and the We've talked about this before. I've tried to help many, many people who have reached out to me for free, put a ton of time and effort into making plans and food and meal plans and, and they quit. workout plans, and they literally don't even start. Right. They, right. They, so it's it's very disappointing. I've had one success or success story, and I honestly, to this day, am very proud of it. But it's just one of those things that like I I love helping people. Mm-hmm. I want people to be proud of who they are, feel good about themselves and if I get to take a step to actually like help more people and help hopefully help them be more dedicated to it, I'll do it. Right. So, I'm excited. Yeah, it's good. So, we're welcoming in Mark Loblin live from his home here uh in the second half of the show. We talk about a lot of things. We obviously start the show off with bodybuilding, his background. We talk about the death in the world of bodybuilding. But the second part of that um, that we kind of get into is more of Mark's personal journey mm-hmm. and his father and his family. And that's, um, we did it again. We made another grown man cry on the podcast speaking about that's his father. That's kind of your specialty. It is. It is my specialty. <laughs> I just, you know, these guys go on these podcasts and they talk about the same thing over and over again. Like, hey, bodybuilding and meatheads and steroids. And yeah. Okay. What about, what about you? Personal. What, what about who? Who's your mentor? What did your mom go through? What did your dad go through? Like, I grew up with with an absentee father. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. that's it, it, those are those are the real stories that people want to hear. So, we're gonna hop over to Mark in a second. But before we do, the brand new Rise Fuel Energy Drinks here at the FIHQ. I got cases yesterday. I got the Sunny D. I tried the Ring Pop, Ring Pop, and Smarties in Nashville. Smarties was mm, okay. Ring Pop was good. Sunny D was good. Sunny you D was good. Morning, I, I tried it this morning. Mm-hmm. After Sunny D, I may have slipped a Baja Blast or Burst, which is like, think of the Taco Bell one. It's good. 
Uh, this is the only one I have not tried yet, which is Tiger's Blood, which is going to be like your strawberry and your coconut, which is why I think you might like it. So are yeah. you going to be able to stomach a sip? Yeah, we'll see. All right. I, mean, I did the energy drink you this did. morning for my pre-workout. 200 milligrams of caffeine, 200 milligrams of choline. Uh, this is an energy drink, not a pre-workout. It is from the people at Rise. These are going to be available, available at vitaminshop.com, rise.com. It smells good. I'll let you take the first drink because, I mean, literally right now, I am already at 700 milligrams of caffeine for the day. So... It does smell very good. It does. Promising. Here we go. One One sip. sip. So if you had Rise before, they have a Tiger's Blood flavor in their powders, similar to the Sunny D as well. I get more strawberry than coconut. A lot more strawberry, but I like it. It's very good. It's very refreshing. It's like a strawberry candy. It really is. Like, it's good. I, like yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's predominantly strawberry. So I if you're looking, a lot of coconut. To be no, honest. if you're looking for coconut, I don't even I'm really. I'm seeing flavor cues of watermelon on there too, which is interesting. I've never seen that for Tiger's Blood. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's strawberry. Yeah, me it's too. good. It's a good strawberry. It's a very good. Strawberry. Uh, my ranking is going to be number one, Sunny D. Number two, Ring Pop. Number three, probably this one. Four, Baja. And last place is Smarties. I just wasn't super impressed with Smarties because it's like a plethora of different flavors and nothing stood out. Sunny D, though, remember, Sunny D is not orange juice. It's not like orange. No. It, Sunny D has its, its like own. It's like tangy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's don't, don't, you don't use the word Sunny D and tang in the same sentence. It's tangy. Same thing. No, it's not. Yeah, tang was my favorite drink growing up. I know as it a was. Kid, my grandma. Uh, nice job by Rise. I think he's going to do very, very well. Um, they're going to be up there with a lot of people's favorite energy drinks. There's a lot of good energy drink selections out there. I drink far too many of them. Now I have a closet full of them. So going on number three and it's like 10 Well, you can finish this. Or, I mean, I'm not going to let it go to waste. Someone's going to drink it. We have a lot of stuff I to do. I can't have that much Including candy. the brand new Fit Butters S'mores. Woo! Arms Race Nutrition. Surprise drop on the website now. So We're we, super excited. We haven't told anybody about it. Uh, the next big drop is Frosted Sugar Cookie, but the new s'mores featuring Arms Race Nutrition Foundation. It's going to be up on the website, fitbutters.com, available for purchase, available mm-hmm. for wholesale. We're excited about that. I think the old s'mores was popular. It was a good one, right? I personally think this is an upgrade. I mean, it's got marshmallows, Ghirardelli, dark chocolate chips, how do you, graham like, cracker, pie crust. Complain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the perfect timing, too. Like, s'mores season camp, is almost camping season, here. baby. No, it is here. It's camping season. We might even make s'mores on you the- see you see know, the weather right now? We should, we should get- <laughs> When we get the stuff today, our TikTok that we make should be making s'mores on- Yes, get the stuff for make s'mores. We'll make s'mores on the stove today, and then we'll promote it, okay? <laughs> okay, All right, we'll you guys it. just- that's, we'll how we, that's how you come up with a marketing plan right there. sneak- our sneak peek into what we're doing today. All right, we're going to stop. <laughs> toss it over to the machine, the man. Here we go. Mark Lobliner.
For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Adding my product is going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is 5% of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education. Willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Conservative in Nashville. We're, we're, uh, why are you so loud? I must have because it's what I do. Yeah. Well, you were, uh, were you diagnosed with ADD as a kid? Uh, no, I've not, I've, I've never actually been, uh, medicated for ADHD. I'm not asking if you've been medicated. I just asked if you've been diagnosed. It's a no, difference. not as a kid. Do you no. think you have ADD? Absolutely. There's no way I was in such trouble as a kid naturally. <laughs> like I was running around and they're like, oh, he's just a dick. Like that kid's just an asshole. And they were right. <laughs> but I think there was a reason for me being an asshole. But back in the day, like, you got to realize, like, when, when there was a misbehaving kid, I remember there's one kid, and when I was a kid, we went to an elementary school in Simi Valley, California. You remember Simi Valley, right, Katie? And uh, Simi Valley, Ice Cube affectionately called it the Valley of the KKK in one of his songs. It was an all-white area. And there was one black kid named Andrew, and they sat him in the back because the kid was hyper. Wait, his name was Andrew? Andrew. That's such a white name for it. It is a white, but he was in Simi Valley. He had to fit in. <laughs> so anyway, so he sat in the back and he was just like hyperactive and everybody was like, what's wrong with that kid? What's wrong with that kid? And I just realized now looking at his habits and his mannerisms that the, the education system is all fucked up, man. You look at what they do in like the Nordic countries, how most 80% of their time is spent on field trips and learning, right? Mm -hmm. Like you literally take kids who are bipeds, who are active, who have all this energy, and we sit them in a chair, and if they get up or do anything creative, we punish them. And that was my life in a nutshell. Yeah. So now I'm spending my life. How do you really life. feel? I can, just feel? I can feel the tension. Like you get yeah, pissed about it. I, I, I am, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of of our education system i don't blame you we talked about this the other day in the car about the education system yeah. and lack of physical exercise and programs are pulling out of this, the system but just just before we get super ahead of ourselves for those watching oh. on our youtube channel listening on itunes spotify mark loblier doesn't need much of an introduction i need a lot of introduction the machine <laughs> i need smoke i need bubbles i need bubbles. music i need theme music you're bubbles. like the og social media influencer uh, 
I mean, YouTube, I've been around YouTube, a while. YouTube was technically social media. It, it is. And it is. I mean, Steve Austin and guys from the WB found you on YouTube. So do you want me to take that down? That's my ADHD. No, you're good. It's not, it's not, in, it's not in the way All of the good. camera? All good. Okay. See, ADHD. There it is. Proof. Uh, so, yeah, Steve Austin, the first time I met him, he's like, what are you doing here? We're at CT's gym at the time. Now You, you know who Steve Austin is. Of course. Right? Okay. Stone yeah. Cold. Yeah, the stunner. Just making sure. Oh, yeah. Katie had no idea who the ultimate warrior she was. She did. And you're still yeah, married to Yeah, that's, so you know. Consider yourself lucky, Katie. You know, honestly, like, there's never a reason to hit a woman, but that's as close of a reason as I can find. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> do you know who the ultimate warrior is? No. Would you like to go on vacation with me, Mark? Dude, I think we should just just go together and just can we paint it. our faces <laughs> and put little armbands on, on, grab the ropes, and do actually, some motivational. Dude, I have those. I have those. Um, what is it? The um, the occlusion fucking cuffs. Yeah, the put bl- those blood restriction on. flow. I'm gonna blood look blood swole blood. as hell. But um, so Stone Cold, we're at CT's gym. I'm filming a commercial for the Outright Bar, and I hear the. Vo- I knew what it was. I knew I'm like that can't be fucking Stone Cold. And I look, and there's Stone Cold. People don't realize Stone Cold's a giant. He's like six three. Big dude. All the all the guys from that small as big. fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, and I go up, and I'm like, literally, like I have a combination of goose pimples and an erection. I'm so excited to see my my college hero. Yeah. Right. Like when I was in college, I had an Austin three sixteen shirt. Katie and I went and watched him at WrestleMania in Anaheim and. 1999 and i'm like oh it's stone cold he goes what are you doing here man i watch all your videos i'm like what what it was stone cold and i was like oh my and i remember i called katie and i'm like you wouldn't believe what just happened stone cold knew who i was she's like okay like it wasn't even a big deal to her to me it was oh my god it was so amazing well i mean and then all of a sudden fast forward and you're on a show on fox with john cena and you just like all, all these different wrestlers and i didn't see him the whole time no i couldn't see him but you had what was the <laughs> what, what, what was the mark lobar snot thing was that what the big thing so you yeah did? yeah you the um, meme on? i think it was was it a snot line or a slob liner i forgot what it was but yeah so it was really cold you know when it's cold your nose starts Dude, running it, yeah, yeah well, we live definitely. in minnesota you were in chicago for mount it was mount rainier and I just got done with this. They called it the circus. That was where you were supposed to fail. And I actually finished it. But at the end, I was so... You don't even care. At that point, you're all survival. During the course, I actually broke both of my shins. I fractured both of my shins during it. But I finished. Last. But I finished. So anyway, so um, I come out. And like I had a big snot bubble dripping from my... Just dripping. And, but I didn't care. Because at that point... Even though I knew the cameras were on, I was like, I'm going to die on national TV. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I lived. I lived. Yeah. I think it's sly. I forgot what it was. It was a great meme. Great meme. It, here's it. Okay. So let, now let's just segue. It's kind of a shitty segue, but I'm going to segue it anyway. Die on national TV. People would have said he died because of steroids. Oh, God. So we're going to talk about this. Well, they did test us for steroids. Did they really? Um, so Why? What the fuck does that matter? Well, because you don't... Imagine the liability if you have someone on juice in the mountains with 15 other people in a room and he beats the shit out of everybody. And uh, it just doesn't look good on Fox, like the one bodybuilder on the show. Because so they that, find, Okay. I guess that entire year leading into the show, I was natty. Um, because, which is funny because I competed in a NABA pro show the week before I left for the show and everybody's like, oh, he's on trend. He's on this. I'm like, I wish it sucked. It sucked being off. But yeah, so they, before you go on these shows, they put, we were in a hotel for a week straight and in our rooms, they ran every test. We ran EKGs, blood work, you name it. They ran it. They ran mental tests to make sure we weren't fucking crazy. I don't know how you pass. So, yeah, but they were impressed because apparently I was one of the highest scoring mental acuity people they've ever had on the show. 
And they're like, they called me in, the, 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 the director, producer, his name was, um, I believe, John. He goes, you play this whole meathead thing, but you're fucking with everybody. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe a little. And he's like, no, you're like the smartest guy we've ever done these tests on. I'm like, no shit. And um, it, was, it was pretty cool because then I found out that I'm much smarter than I am, so. Well, let's, let's talk about that then. All right, so you weren't on steroids, but it's a conversation no. we, before camera we come on. And, oh, and I, the steroids would be an issue if I would have dropped dead on that show because bodybuilders are on steroids. Like, I'm on steroids. Um, As am I. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and I, there's, there's levels to steroid use, right? There is. And I think this is a conversation that Danny and I have quite a bit because she comes from the cardiac field of nursing mm-hmm. and she's seen it. She's seen old school bodybuilders who have abused and had heart failure. So but, you've seen, have you seen the heart problem that you can link directly to steroids? Or is it just I don't think I mean I you like you were saying guilty like, by association. You can't always yeah. like assume that was the exact cause. But a guy that's you know only fifty years old with heart failure with you know no other predisposing reason mm. that doesn't have like a family history or anything, you would expect probably with their excessive use. Like he full on admitted that he abused steroids, right? right? Like it wasn't just like, yeah, I did some steroids back in the day. Like he did it for a long time use, whatever. But yeah, like you said, like maybe there, he would have gotten it either way. Maybe he just sped up the process. Like you never know. How, you, how would you conduct a study on whether or not you steroid can't. use is causing heart failure, especially in today's bodybuilders. We just lost Sean Roden, who apparently had like a stomach bug before the Arnold, didn't he? Yeah, and, and and Cedric and 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 obviously you George. Know, John, I mean, John had his. So I just I, you have to look at these things, and it's not always politically correct or popular. But I just I just did a video on. There's actually studies um, showing that HRT is healthier than having low testosterone. Let's, so so have for those watching, listening, in hormone HRT, replacement. hormone replacement, replacement therapy, a normal HRT dosage is probably 150 to 200 milligrams of testosterone per week. The study was done on 200 milligrams every other week, and it actually shows improved health parameters. And so for me, HRT is extremely healthy, but then you get into the, the dosages used by bodybuilders, right? But you have to look at the factors at play, right? Like we've lost, obviously, Matarazzo, we lost, we lost Munzer. But if you look at the bodybuilders who are dying now, you know, they were mainly, they were older black men. And the heart disease, diabetes are huge issues within the black male um, demographic. Right. So what I think is there's a couple things at play here. And Nick Trigilli brought this up as well. You had a huge issue with a upper respiratory virus that potentially had um, cardiac effects. Sure. Anytime you affect the respiratory system, you're affecting the cardiac system, if I'm not mistaken. Are we, do you want to say the C word or are we going to stay away from this? I, I think for the sake of your channel and mine, we just say that there was a pandemic um, uh, there's something there's there's that that sickness going yeah. around right and so then you had the shot for the sickness so you had two things that one is we don't know the long term of the shot and i'm not saying it's good or bad we just don't know and we haven't done studies comparing different populations so you have aging black males who are overweight mm-hmm. because bodybuilding or or non-bodybuilding, if you're 300 pounds, you're still overweight. You're obese. I mean, the human body is not was never designed to carry this much weight around. I don't believe so, because you wouldn't be able to hunt. No. You wouldn't be able to procure um, food. And nature fights against us building muscle and losing fat, hence the reason why we have to use steroids. If, if your body produced muscle instead of fat, 
I mean, no one would ever take steroids. Why would you? Because, really? but your body preferentially stores fat because fat is a very, very, very efficient energy source. Muscle is metabolically taxing. Correct. It burns more calories. So for survival, if you're waiting for your next wildebeest yep. to come out. Um, I mean, people would wait days, weeks to eat a decent meal. I mean, they would use, utilize their fat stores, right? To, exactly. to feed themselves. So we're, at, we're creatures of evolution. So honestly think, I don't think there's anything, we're not... Another thing is a lot of people think that bodybuilders, like I was just watching a video on what is it? Old school bodybuilding or something. It was on or glory bodybuilding on Instagram. And it was the 99 Mr. Olympia. I believe it was held in Long Beach, California. Art Atwood, Nasser El Sunbody, um, Paul Dillette. These guys made the guys competing today other than the big Rami look like amateurs. These guys were all in the upper 200s, weighed 350 in the off season and were lean and jacked. The drugs we're using now aren't special. They're not new. Paul Dillette is still alive. Paul Dillette has outlived everyone, and he was Freakenstein, right? Um, a lot of these guys I mentioned, Art Atwood obviously passed away. Um, I believe it was, I don't believe it was a heart issue, though. I believe he drowned. Um, and then you had, you know, you have all those other guys. A lot of those guys have passed away, but a lot of them are living. So my thing is, I think right now we just have an unlucky. Um, an unlucky um, moment in time right. where a lot of people are dying, yep. but we also have a never before seen novel virus that has all these people either had the virus or had the shot. And I think both of them introduced this spike protein. Mm -hmm. And the problem is we just don't know. So that's the variable people are like, well, all these, and then you got to look at, well, there's how many, I think it's up. It went from 23 to like 780 cardiac events in soccer in soccer players or just athletes in general. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not saying it's from the shot. I'm saying all of those athletes had either the virus or the shot. If there's two who didn't, then I'm surprised because mm -hmm. we've all had it with 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 the O word. I think we say Omicron. I don't think that's that's blasted. But with Omicron, everybody got this fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody got it. So. So I think bodybuilders are dying because people die, but bodybuilders are definitely pushing the envelope on tempting fate because of being so big, because of taking these, these substances that might or might not enlarge the heart beyond physical activity alone. Right. Yep. But for us to say that, you know, and then you look at Cali Muscle and, and to a lesser degree, Seth Ferrosi, um, Seth was very positive, but he's like, look, we're bodybuilding is not going to die because we're going to keep doing it. But if you don't think you're taking years off your life, you're mistaken. Mm -hmm. I actually don't disagree with that. I think there's a very high possibility that bodybuilding at the top level or even a minor level is going to take some time off your life, assuming you don't die of uh, respiratory issue. Or I mean, let's be real, Mark. We all know bodybuilding prep and bodybuilding life. It's not healthy. No, it's an extreme sport. Yeah. Like football. If you're a football player, you know, running headfirst into somebody isn't going to be healthy for your brain yet. They do it. I did it and I loved it. And you know what? If that takes 20 years off my life, I won't trade those memories and that experience of being on a football team and, and, and using it to get me into college. I wouldn't trade that for the world. So when you when you when you're in your life you take risks, but there's not one bodybuilder, and Seth Ferrosi said it, there's not one bodybuilder who would trade that. And I would like to go on about Cali Muscle. Here's the problem. 
for years, he didn't just say he was natural when asked. He did videos about who he's natural. Oh my God. So number one, you're a fucking liar. You know, it's one thing to say no comment. It's another thing to outright lie. Another thing, after he had his heart attack and he said he was on steroids, which shocked us all, right? This guy goes out. And he's like, well, I was just taking some testosterone, none of that crazy stuff. In his last video, which is telling everybody not to body, that bodybuilding should be eliminated. Okay, I think the video was bodybuilding should be eliminated or some shit like that, right? Like, so this guy goes, and then he's saying like, you know, insulin, growth hormone, testosterone. And he's saying all this shit he took. And I'm like, okay, what else did you take? So Cali Muscle didn't have heart problems because of steroids. He had heart problems because he ate like shit. He had heart problems because he carried around an absurd amount of muscle. He had heart problems because he abused, abused steroids and other compounds. And this guy has the fucking nerve to blame it on fucking protein powder. Like <laughs> I have, and I've done collaboration with Cali. I think he's a fucking funny guy, nice guy. During our collaboration, I've never seen somebody, and this is how he walks around normally, bigger and more vascular. And to say he screamed drugs more than any Olympia guy I've ever been around. So his dosing year round to maintain that condition for his videos, he's saying, oh, don't do it. Nobody would know who Cali Muscle is if he didn't take steroids. Right. What would he be doing right now? Selling cars? Not there's anything wrong with selling cars. But like, what the fuck? If he wasn't Cali Muscle, all his videos are like buff bodybuilder goes in and 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 buys a car. Yeah, that's his fucking videos. That's his grift. He's a grifter, and now he's grifting against bodybuilding because here's the thing: you ever notice the guys who are bitter against bodybuilding? Seth Frosty's like, yeah, okay, I got to be really careful now, and I might have killed myself a little early, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know the difference between Cali and Seth? Seth actually became a pro. Callie's mad because he wasn't good enough to become a pro. And now he has all the health issues from, from taking all those drugs. And now he's shitting all over the sport. And I have issues with that because you don't need to, sh the sport does not need to, these are adults right. choosing what they're going to do. And I agree with a lot of what he says. Like people should be more cognizant of For their sure. health. But to shit all over a sport, I'm not down with that. There's a couple people within the sport. Um, we respect quite a bit. Jay Cutler being one of them, being open about the things that he did while he competed. And he has said that he'd like to see potentially the IFBB step up and, and help. Because, I mean, a lot of these bodybuilders can't afford healthcare or they don't have a job to do it. And he's like, okay, well, what can we do? This is inevitable. Bodybuilders are going to be taking steroids. You have to. If you want to put this statue on stage, you're not going to obtain that naturally. So what can... Do you, no, think, do you think the IFBB yeah. should step in? Do you think, do you think Jim, Jim and the crew at the Olympia need to put in some type of policy procedures to, to take care of their athletes. No, it's an extreme sport. We know what we're getting into and there are ways to like, the thing is people think that the top bodybuilders are doing a ton of drugs. And in reality, they're probably doing less than your average NPC guy. Mm -hmm. These are the elite of the elite of the elite, genetically elite. And I say this as someone who has, literally become friends and acquaintances with bodybuilders who I thought were on these insane cycles. Mm -hmm. And then I find out what they're really taking. And I'm like, oh my God, you're taking less than this guy who I beat at the Mountaineer in North Carolina in 2002. Yeah. You know, it's like, so the problem is, you know, basically the guys who are really hurting themselves are the guys like Callie who 
want to be pro bodybuilders, but might not have the structure or the shape or whatever to become one. So they're trying to make up for that with more drugs. But look, at the end of the day, like Brandon Curry stepped on stage at the Olympia five, six years ago at 206 pounds and was deemed the prodigy by many, many people. Phil Heath was deemed the gift when he literally just stepped off a basketball court. It's such a genetically based sport. You can't out drug bad genetics. No, Mm -hmm. you can't. And And Callie has good genetics for the record. I'm not shitting on his genetics. He's a much better looking, more muscular guy than me when he's on steroids. Um, However, like to be that bitter against a sport and an activity that brought you everything you have. And I'm not saying he might've been a millionaire doing other things. He's a very charismatic guy. But you can't go in and just completely shit all over a sport now what jay cutler said i don't think the ifpb they just basically sanction contests right that's like asking um you know what is that ocr um what where they run through the fucking obstacle course obstacle course that's like asking whatever obstacle course race that they need to provide health insurance for their competitors at the end of the day, it's just a show right. that you've achieved a level of professional, a professional level status in, which OCR has. They do have pros. It's not their place. And that's why bodybuilding probably shouldn't even be a full-time job, even if you're a pro. Ronnie Coleman was a cop for six of his yeah. years of Mr. Olympia. But so, you know, our coach, we talked to him about the same subject. He goes, listen, Ryan Danny. Inevitably, the numbers, the sheer numbers of bodybuilders dying is going to go up because the pot, the sport is more popular today than it's ever been. Yes. More and more people are competing. More, There's more access to information today than there's ever been with the internet. Uh, and the ease, the ability to get this stuff is easier like now than ever. You can kind of get the stuff. So, But then the misinformation that exists on the internet. So this is why people are abusing and misdosing and then they're causing permanent damage. So, you know, Adam's like, it's going to inevitably keep going up and up. The more people come to the sport, the more shitty information there is out there. I, I, you can't really combat that. You just have to have good mentors, good people that you turn to. And I think that's why Jay's being more open about it because he, he's hoping like, hey, by being open about what I did, maybe it can help some of the younger generation. Because he also said like, hey, back in when I competed, we didn't have these cheat meals like these kids are having these days. The shitty food, oh, God, and these terrible yeah. diets. And he goes, that doesn't help the case either. And I, I think about, you know, your business partner, CT, on his on his documentary. He talks about eating like fucking how many Big Macs per day and yeah. all the shit. And that here's a guy who's not a steroid-based guy who literally had to have a heart transplant. But again, you're looking at an overweight black male. Yeah. Um, again, you have to look at these comorbidities. And for example, I know as an Ashkenazi Jew, I'm more prone to cystic fibrosis. I'm more prone to different genetic diseases. So, you know, you combine all those factors and, you know, it's just, we know that in that population, you have more of a chance of having heart issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's related to what they eat as a culture yeah. or whether it's related to everything else, um, you know, maybe just a genetic marker, like Asians happen to be lactose intolerant. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a, so it's, it's one of those things we have to look at it. Like, I know we like to say, why are you talking about race? Well, it has a role in this. Like you have to realize that there are white dude, like Dallas obviously passed away, like, mm-hmm. right. But like, if you look at who's really passing away now and it, you have to look at the numbers, now, it could be nothing. It could just be coincidence. But there are a lot of variables at play. The, what is the average age of death in a black male? It's 62, I believe. Significantly less than a white male. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot yeah. of factors in that because it's all cause mortality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things we just have to look at. I mean, you being a nurse, you yeah. know that. And we talked about 
even the 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 word that we can't say how it impacted oh god you know the the black community more yeah. than the white and well they seem yeah. to have a lot of the lists of like higher risks always i shouldn't say always but often includes african-american unfortunately like well, that's just like heart failure and all those things like they're always listed as well i mean there's there's a higher obesity rate Mm-hmm. And obesity is the number one comorbidity for anything. There's a lot, right? Obesity, access to like, I mean, you could talk about economic levels and then the, yeah. the ability to afford better food. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. goes into it, right? Mm-hmm. And it just so happens like it is what it is. And I don't yeah. know how to fix that. There, there, There's nothing we can do except better our community. Yeah. You know, and that's why I coach. Because we just worry about your community. If everybody focused on their own community. Right. Mm-hmm. The world be a better place. Like, don't worry about some country you can't identify overseas. If you're going to give your money to anything and you're in Chicago, maybe you should look into giving it to a church on the south side. Just saying. Focus on your backyard first. So a lot of people listening or watching this podcast, and Danny, you probably can attest to this too, is like, they're going to look at you, Mark, and say either A, you're very opinionated, but you're educated. Like, here's, here's what I, I've known Mark a long time. Mark is an educated, opinionated individual that has thought process and research behind what you say. You don't just pull shit out of a rabbit hat and just make shit up. No. You have, uh, right or wrong, whatever comes out of it, at least you've done your research and you, you know, obviously (laughs) speak on subjects, but you get into a lot of people and people look at you and say, you're polarizing and you, you know, they, they want to know, like, are you the same person on camera as you are in real life? And, And I'll say, yeah, I mean, you're very, you're passionate about this world you're passionate about helping others and you're passionate about the topics in which you speak on i don't want people to die you know that's the key i don't want people whether you're you know whether you're a parent a child whether you're just a dude whether you're black white brown we need to look at these things on how we can help people and the number one thing we could do to help people whether you're black white brown purple yellow gold i don't care is to help people lose weight Mm -hmm. obesity is the number one comorbidity it is it's everything. If someone dies from heart disease, they're most likely fat. If someone dies from that thing that was floating around the last two years, they're most likely fat. Mm-hmm. 78% were fat. I think it's actually higher than that now. Yeah, it was 78% the first, um, yeah, first, the first hospital. Mm-hmm. The hospital yeah. admissions in New York City were 78% obese. So, And then another 20 plus percent had some sort of pre-whatever, pre like less than... Well, the average age of death from that was 83. The average age of old cause death in the U.S. is 72. Right. So it's killing old fat, old people and fat people mainly. Right. And that's just based on that one data, that one statistic. But it can kill everybody, as a lot of things can kill everybody. Like hand, foot, and mouth put me down for five days. A disease that one in a million adults can get. Hand, foot, and mouth, they should block that on YouTube. That thing sucked. Our daughter just had it. Yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah, get it as an adult. My fingernails fell off. I think we both had it too. Oh, Remember my feet, Katie? My feet fell off literally, like part of my feet like slothed off. Pod- the, the pod- What's up? Oh, dude, all of it. And so the podiatrist like, I've, ne- I've never seen this before. And feet are gross to begin with. So now oh. it's just, I mean. It depends. Some people think they're sexy. Yeah. Let's shift gears here a little bit. Mark, we spent the, you know, talking about, about bodybuilding, but we got to talk about a couple of product plugs here because the Outright Bar, your creation, this new one, it's, it's flavored like Twix. Chocolate I, I cannot, like, not, I'm sure, I'm, this is like probably the most self-discipline I've had since I've been here. I'm on prep and I, <laughs> it's good, man. But you've, you've had, and I, from a, from a person who looks up to other people and have mentors, you're one of my biggest because you've been involved in so many different projects, successful ones, failed ones. We've all been there, done that. 
What, what have you learned more from your failures or more from your successes? Well, it's, it's all your life is you're basically your, your knowledge is a collection of life experiences, right. right? Whether it's education, whether it's, you know, work ethic instilled in you and watching your father wake up at 4am and go to work. Um, your, your, experience, your, your, everything you have, all your knowledge is just basically an accumulation of these experiences. So for me, it, it all plays a role in, in everything, you know, I would like to say I enjoy the successes more than the losses uh, because losses really suck. Lucky for me, my losses have never really set me back far, even though I thought they would. Like, you know, for example, when I was fired from Instone, the company I started with Sylvester Stallone, mm. I, I was really hurt. Like, I was, I was distraught. It was my first time ever being fired. And, um, and it sucked. But then I started Salvation, And, you know, that went to the moon, so to speak. That was, that was a very... Very good segue. And then, you know, after I sold Salvation, I'm like, well, what's next? And and then, you know, obviously Tiger Fitness MTS. And then I accidentally created a bar for my kids deep between soccer games. So you just have to look at your life as this collection of experiences that lead to your knowledge and who you are. And that's why I used to think this was bullshit because I met a lot of dumb old people, um, including every president we've had in the last few years. Um, that's why, but you look at it up to a certain point, obviously around like, you know, there, there comes a time with dementia and you just get old and shit stops working right. as well, right? Um, but enough about Joe Biden. Um, so, oh so here's the thing is that you got to respect your elders because they know so much more than you just by waking up and doing shit mm -hmm. every day. So as I'm older and I'm 41 now, I understand that I am not the same person. I do not have the same set of beliefs or knowledge from spiritual to, to ethical to whatever it is than I did at 25 or right. 26. So you evolve as a human being and whether you evolve in a positive or negative way, you know, that's on you. Mm -hmm. But my, my thing is don't open the door to having unethical practices because once you open that door, for example, amino spiking on protein, which I was the one who kind of broke that open. Right. Um, so amino spikings, when you take protein powder and when you test it, they test for nitrogen. Now we do a full amino acid right. panels, which costs more. So if you were to take expensive protein out, put in something cheaper like taurine, it would still test as a protein. In fact, you could put creatine in it. Mm -hmm. And I think one creatine counts as like two grams of protein on the- But uh, creatine's so expensive now, why would you- Yeah, obviously you wouldn't <laughs> use that now, but back when it was five bucks a kilo, yeah. you know? So anyway, so long story short- People be like, well, you know, they spike their, their, their protein, but their pre-workout's good. I'm like, if they lied on their protein tub, do you really think they're going to be honest with you on anything else? Because once you start down the path of having mm -hmm. no ethics or morals, you can't stop. And that's why all those companies well, that got habitual. popped for it. Lying's habitual. Because you get caught in a lying, uh, just a complete, just well, spree you lie with a lie. Right, you just keep doing it. It's kind of like I mean, and it becomes normal. Yeah, it becomes normal, and then you start to believe the shit that you're saying, and then you hope that it you know comes off to other people that you believe, um, which is just I mean, this whole industry at times can be that way. I want to just shift. This is like a feel good story, Mark. So I'm gonna, we're going to talk about the reconnection with your mom. Oh, so I want I want to talk about that because I mean, for the longest time, you were very open to the fact that you and your mom didn't talk. Um, yeah. You know, you you didn't have much relationship with her, but recently, like within the last couple weeks. Uh, you posted the picture with your mom and, and yeah. kind of what's, did you, did you, did you reach out? Did she reach out? How'd that all come about? Um, well, and, I mean, first off, tell us why you disconnected from your mom and then what brought you guys back together? Well, I mean, I have a lot of, um, anger and resentment towards my mom. Okay. I had a very interesting childhood without delving further into that, but it was, uh, 
it, it was to the point where, you know, I, I probably required much more counseling than I received, you know? Um, but you know, it's, it's, um, it also taught me about, you know, the reason I, I don't, I don't ever, I, I've never gotten into recreational drugs is, is partly because of the experiences that we had. Sure. And you know, it was just, um, I didn't want my kids to be exposed to any kind of adversity like that. And I also didn't want myself to have that toxicity in my life. I tried to remove all toxicity out of my life. So it'd been about 15 years, if I'm not, 12, 15, I don't know, somewhere in there, since Cammie was, no, less, because Cammie was two, two or three, two. So it was 14 years, yeah, 14 years. And, um, you know, finally, like, my brother was like, because my brother still talks to my mom, and, like, yo, you should probably call her. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. And then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, then then finally, like, you know, she she actually figured out how to use Facebook. Yeah. And she huh? kept, like, sending me weird messages. And I'm like, all right. So, so I actually called her. And um, we had a good conversation. The conversations 15 years ago or whatever, they, they always ended in, you know, her hanging up and cursing at me for whatever reason. So, yeah, but it was, um, at the end of the day, she's in her 70s, man. Like, she's going to die. And she didn't live a good life. And that's just cutting through the bullshit, right? Right. So, again, like, 20-year-old Mark would have been like, fuck it, you know? She dies, mm -hmm. she dies, you know? Um, but, you know, I, I realize that we only have one chance on this earth. Like, we got one shot. And you don't want to live with regret and me calling her. I'm not going to regret it. I might it, let's say it went bad. Yeah. Like I'm not going to regret it. I'll be like, well, I gave it a shot. There was really an, it was a no lose situation. Yeah. And it was the right thing to do. And she's, um, you know, she's, uh, she's doing her thing. I mean, did the kids ever ask about grandma? Not really. No. I mean, you know, uh, they were like, I think we, they called her crazy Nana. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken or something. And, um, so they just kind of knew that they don't really hang out with their grandparents, you know, because sure. our, our grandfathers are dead, their grandfathers are dead. And so they just kind of, you know, they, they just, they just kind of assume that that's just how it is. Were they grandparents important in your life? Like was you, was your grandma, grandpa around? So up? my grandfather died when I was pretty young. He was an Auschwitz escapee. My grandmother died of cancer, I believe. Um, so not much of a relationship that you can remember. I was too young. Sure. They lived close to us. I believe they lived uh, like 30 minutes away in, when we lived in California. But, you know, I think that I would have loved, like my grandfather has such, a, I, I, would, I would take 50 years off my life just to talk to my grandfather now that I know what I would ask him. What would you ask mm -hmm. him? Oh, my God. Like you, have tell, one, you have one question to ask him. What, one question. Tell me about the Holocaust. Go and just sit there and listen. And according to my mom, he, and that was the thing about sitting with my mom, I'm hearing about our family history. And, you know, the, I, I found out I have some Russian Jew in me. I found out my grandfather was not only a pro boxer, but he was also a hell of a soccer player. And I look at my kids, they're both boxers, wrestlers, and soccer, all three of them are boxers, yeah. wrestlers, and soccer players. And it's just like, it was astounding to hear that. So the one thing, obviously, I would just be like, tell me about the Holocaust. Even the, the shit that you don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. I want to hear all of it. Just go. Mm -hmm. And uh, because there's some, my mom told me about the horrible stories, some of the atrocities, you know, watching his grandfather killed, watching his sister being killed in front of him, shit like that, that you, you just, those are things that are passed down because there's no record of this. Right. Um, because the Nazis didn't keep records. 
they didn't. They weren't good people. So yeah, it was it was really good. It was really good to sit down and kind of talk about the family history and you know eat and just talk about whatever, what's going on, how are the kids, and you know it was like she and she's right now. You know her mind's right. Yeah. So it's like talking to her, just an older version of her before she had any problems. So are you? Making the point to have a conversation with her once a month. I mean, just to keep the relationship. Yeah, going. I owe her a call today actually because she had a procedure and she's supposed to come out and meet the kids. She hasn't met the two boys. So that was where I was going to kind of go to. It's like, yeah. I mean, at what point are you comfortable having Preston and Thomas and and Katie, re, not Katie, well, Cammy reconnecting with Grandma? She has no memory of her. I'm comfortable now. Because um, where she but, live? But she she lives in Michigan. Michigan. Okay. But um, she needs to be able to get here. And her health is just not the greatest. So talk about your talk about your dad a bit, because on the ride here, I, we were talking about how important it is to have a father figure yeah. in your life. Because obviously, I, I'm going through some stuff, and my dad wasn't necessarily hands on. And you said that you had a great childhood with your dad. Dad was great. Um, so what 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 do you what are some of the best memories of your father that you remember? Coaching. Coach you in football. I'm not good at this. Do it, man. Like he's your football coach. Uh, he was my uh, baseball, baseball coach. coach. Yeah, um, but. No, my, um, you know, my dad was, uh, he was a good dude. You know, he was, uh, he had to work and he had to deal with my mom's problems and he was sick. He always was sick from type two diabetes, but he was always there mm -hmm. and he never missed a game. And, you know, I remember he had a stroke when I was in high school and, you know, I remember I, I, I got myself to the game and I looked up and like, I think it was the second quarter and, um, my dad was in the stands. I didn't expect him to make it. <laughs> How much longer after, or like how, what was the time frame between the stroke and him making the game? So, I mean, it was like that week. Jesus. Yeah. So but that's how important you were. Yeah. He was like, he was a lot like me. Like my dad wasn't going to sit down and cuddle. Like he wasn't a manly man. He was yeah. kind of a. Tough you know, love. He was kind of, he's kind of a pussy. Like he was a Jewish accountant. Like <laughs> sure. he wore pink shirts. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like he was a pie. He was a nerd. Like my dad was a nerd, but he, sports was how we communicated. And I'm the exact same way. I can't. Did he play? No. Okay. No, he just loved sports. He went to the University of Miami. Um, pulled himself Ohio up. Or Florida? The Florida. Okay. The real one, not the cheap one. <laughs> the U. He yeah. went to the U. He went to the U. So um, he, uh, you know, he always loved sports. And he just didn't have any, he didn't have the money to play sports. Nor did he have the talent. Like, sure. he, was, he was a Jewish accountant. Like, so... You know, the fact when I was, you know, I showed interest in sports and my dad could have just driven home. He used to, we lived in the high desert. My dad tried to move my mom away from all the drugs and problems, right? So it was like a three hour drive from his work to home. And he'd get home, he had no air conditioning in his car. A Ford Escort, the little fucking, yep. oh God. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No air conditioning, dude would come home and it's fucking, we're in the desert. His shirt is just fucking Drenched, soaked. Yeah. And I'd be like, hey man, can you throw some balls to me? Go catch some balls? Like, yep. Go outside, get some balls. That's why last night I'm training my kid. Mm -hmm. That's learned. Yeah. So he was always there. Like, even though he, when he wasn't there, he'd make it. He'd try to make it. He'd make his best effort, you know? And, um, you know, he was always there. Um, he was always supportive. You know, he never, never forced, like, oh, you got to get a 4.0. He's like, no, nah, just do your best. You know, he, he was always, he was always there. Sports were a thing, and that's me. I'm not nurturing. I'm not. I'm not going to cuddle. You know, it's just not my thing. Right. But, you know, if the kids uh, the kids know that, and that's why I coach. How old was your dad, or how old were you when your dad passed? Um, I just started, it was, so Katie's father passed when I was um, 24, and then my dad passed the year after at 25. Yeah, that's a rough period. Yeah, it was a horrible year, and Katie lost a pregnancy, and 
it was a it was a horrible year. So um, I, I mean, just you know, thinking about the three things that you just mentioned there in terms of the lows of the lows. Like, I mean, you there are a lot of lows in life. Those are three pretty awful lows. No, they're not. It wasn't a very. It was, and you're starting a business. Like you're risking everything to start Salvation. And I'm I remember in the hospital, Katie's dad's there on life support, and I'm fucking, you know, on my BlackBerry. Yeah, that's how long ago it was. Answering some emails, you know, trying to keep the business running. And uh, yeah, that was that was. Would you would you learn about yourself during that time period? Or, or I mean, obviously now, like you're older, you're you're probably you're more mature, you're wiser. Maybe you would have been different today than you were, you know, 16 years ago when this happened. But like, you look back on that time and say, "Hmm, I really learned. I re- this really kind of shaped." Man, I t- I don't even know because I was it was so reactionary. Like you're not prepared for death. My dad didn't really affect me. I'd hate to say that, but I was so used to him being sick, and mm-hmm. I missed his death by like an hour. My, my brother and I, my flight flew in. My, my brother was in Minnesota visiting his in-laws. Drove down. I flew from L.A. to Chicago at the first flight I could. Right. He literally picked me up from the airport, and we drove straight over to Michigan and missed, missed him passing away by an hour. So, but what really fucked me up, for lack of better terms, is when my father-in-law passed. Because that was, that was unexpected, and he hated the shit out of me for, like, the first part of our relationship. And I don't blame him. Like, yeah banging his daughter right but no just playing um no but you know he was we were just starting to really kind of get along and he was putting up christmas lights and fell off the roof yeah horrible horrible year and that hit me more and by the time my dad passed away i was already kind of desensitized to death like Mm because we lost you know we lost tim my my father-in-law's name and so that was and it it was crazy because he had a business we had to figure out what to do with he had you know, his, you know, Katie's mom and, and we're, we're just in there. It's me and her brothers and you know, we had to figure it out and we didn't know what we were doing. Does death scare you? <clears throat> no, it, I'm not afraid to die. I, death never scared me as a kid. I never, you know, if I had a knife pulled on me or something, I'm like, yeah, okay. But I mean, you have a daughter that you still want to walk down the aisle. Yeah. You have two sons. Yeah. But I mean, maybe not scared, but you don't want to. I'm not saying I don't want to die. I'm not saying I want to die, but I think Brandon Curry put it the best when he was asked about a bodybuilder's dying. I'm not going to live my life, not living my life because I'm afraid to die. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's how he put it because Brandon put it in Brandon terms. Mm -hmm. That kind of sounds like how Brandon would say it, but yeah, I think you can't live your life. Like, you know, even when this thing hit in 2020, right thing. Yep. The thing. A thing. I wasn't like, I was like, okay, if, if I get this and it's my time, it's my time. But I'm not going to sit back and waste uh, two years of my life and afraid of getting this. Right. I'm mm-hmm. going to get it and hopefully I've been healthy enough where I'll survive it. And most people did. Yeah. You know, um, and we found that the measures they took didn't help. So lucky I was right about that one. But yeah, yeah. we never, we never cowered from because I think our entire family is like that. We're like, you know what? If it's if it's your time, it's your time. God has a plan, and if that's His plan, like I'm not going to invite right. it. Have you thought about Cammy growing up, leaving the house, getting married, doing all the things that young girls do? Man, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing, Cammy? Yeah, it's different with a daughter. Like with sons, you're kind of like. Hey, you're talking to a girl dad. So, I mean, I... Sons are different. Like, you just don't... You 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 trust in them to kind of, like, look after themselves. It's weird because I probably shouldn't 
Because Cammy's way... Well, Cammy would kick the shit out of so many Yeah, guys. yeah, but like <laughs> Thomas, I'm like, eh, whatever, he's a boy. But with Cammy, it's like, I thought she'd want to leave house like right at 18. Now she's like, yeah, I'm going to look at local colleges. Right. Okay. Like even we're looking at soccer ID camps. She's like, oh, well, let's choose ones within like 30, 30 miles. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Just told me that we were in Arizona at a, um, at a showcase. And I'm like, well, that's great. So, and I, I also used to think that I'd be like, man, I can't wait till the kids move out. And I'm like, ah, you guys could stay here as long as you like. I didn't want to be that guy with the 30-year-old kid yep. living at home. For sure. But no, I think she'll, she'll find, I, th I think she's going to figure out she wants to be independent sooner than later. But I mean, you know, you got to raise your kid and. You spend a lot of time together. Like Cammy, car, I, car rides and stuff. When I mean. Oh, yeah. And that's time that you're, you're going to cherish forever. But when she's older and you, you don't get that back. And then, so no. it's like, you think you're going to miss that or do you think you're gonna kind of like you and katie might actually take a fucking vacation no <laughs> I, I i told katie I, I regret not having five or six kids because i identify as a parent mm -hmm. like it's all I, it's my identity yeah. it's like it's all it's who i am it's like okay soccer dad okay coach mark like now i literally have 70 kids calling me coach mark and even kids i don't coach call me coach mark you know it's like so now i'm literally like dad and coach you you're know you're following your dad's footsteps i think so i think so um other than the fitness aspect of it, I think our, our lives are, are decently similar. You know, my dad was a very loyal guy, you mm -hmm. know, very upstanding guy. Um, way better than me. Like, his, his ethical compass was ridiculous. And my dad worked for the government. He was an auditor for the state of Illinois. So he was basically the IRS, but for corporations. And I remember he was offered, like, money to walk away. And my dad was like, nope. Mm. And, and there's a guy making, you know, probably 50 grand a year. Yeah. As like a high up guy in the government, like killing it, right? Like mm -hmm. in the government, that's like the shit back then. Yeah, like the 90 grand a year back then too is not terrible. And and uh, my dad was like, no, he didn't even think twice. And my mom's like, what the fuck is wrong? <laughs> my mom's compass wasn't like my dad's. Yeah. My mom's like, how much was it? Mm. But my dad had, it didn't even think twice. He didn't even like question it. He's like, no, that's not what you do. So yeah, he definitely had this, this, uh, and he wasn't religious either. It wasn't because God showed him the way. He right. was just that guy. Like he didn't, mm -hmm. straight up, just a straight dude. Like he had no crooked bone in his body. He was just straight laced. So we, we, we're on off the podcast here with this. I mean, obviously you have, your dad was very important in your life. You had some amazing memories, still carry a lot of amazing memories. And it sounds like your dad left a pretty strong legacy on you. What impact do you want to leave your children whenever your time is called? Like, how do you want to be remembered in the eyes of your children and in the eyes of the viewers and listeners who have followed Mark Lobeyer and listened to Mark Lobeyer? But more importantly, like, I want to know what you want your children to take away. You know what? Um, I think once you've reached a certain level of success, and I'm by no means Elon Musk, you know, I'm not killing it like that, but we've done well where financial isn't necessarily my drive. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever was, but it's way less of my drive now is that you just, I want to be known as a guy who always tried to do the right thing. You know, a guy who always had the best intentions for his kids and for everybody else's kids and for, you know, society as a whole. A lot of people disagree with a lot of things I say, but it's from the goodness of my heart. You know, if I say that, hey, 
this is the right thing to do in this situation is because I truly feel that it'll benefit society. Sure. Mm -hmm. But like I said before, we all got to think locally, think within your own backyard. I'm not going to go coach other kids at the, uh, while forsaking the relationship with my kids. Mm -hmm. So make sure that your own house is in order before you try and go clean someone else's house. And that's what we need to look at. So before you look globally, you're complaining about Biden and the Senate and the Congress. And we could all complain about them. I could talk about that for hours. But what are you doing locally? Oh, but Mark, I, I, I can't run for politics. Me neither. I literally, with the, the Republican Party, and I'll say Republican, of Tennessee, I met with some people. And they wanted me to run for office out here. And talk to my wife and she's like, you can't even, even handle trolls in the fitness industry. <laughs> yeah. How do you think you're going to do there? <laughs> and so that's when, um, at that time, Ravenwood was, was going hard on getting me to coach. And that's when I said, I need to do something for my country. And your country doesn't mean the federal government. The country means your country. For my country, it's local. For your country, mm -hmm. it's your neighborhood. So fix your neighborhood. If everybody like Ryan, myself, and you did something, run for school board. If you don't want to run, I don't want to run for school board. I don't even like most of those people, okay? They are very powerful, mm -hmm. right? Like if you feel your school board, if your school board put masks on your kids, you feel it was inhumane, feel it was stupid, I can say a lot more words about that, then run. Yeah. Run for school board or mm -hmm. have your buddy run and help them campaign, if you don't want to do any of that, coach Little League. Yeah. All right, mm -hmm. get involved. You know, just donate two hours a week to your community. That's that's what I want. I want to be remembered as someone who, to put it in summation, I know it's kind of, I want to be known as someone who kind of gave a fuck, who just cared. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know that comes off as, oh, Mark Pocketliner, he's just trying to get money. I get it. But people in this, people need to, they need to be skeptical. Because we've been sold a line of bullshit from every marketing angle. Mm -hmm. So you need to be skeptical. But when someone's actually trying to do good, just, you know, maybe you should take your bullshit filter off for a second and just realize, hey, maybe this guy's legit. But always, always kick the tires on the individuals. My mom always said it too. Like the, the, you can do a lot of things in your life that's powerful, but the most powerful thing you can do is give. It doesn't mean money. Bingo. It can be time. You know, mm -hmm. it could be a lot of different things. It can be love. It can be compassion. So to your point, uh, completely agree. I, I, Dan and I both appreciate you and Katie welcoming us back into your home again, letting us stay here. Um, it's always a pleasure. We got down for SummerSlam, it sounds like. Yeah, this Brent got sweet, a sweet for SummerSlam. So mm -hmm. WWE, that's wrestling. Summer, yeah, it's wrestling. Katie doesn't really need to bring a full <laughs> I know, really. she said yeah. that's, that's Or as Chris Jones calls it, wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> All right, buddy, appreciate you. Appreciate Thank you, brother. You. Thank you.